in the books for the Jocker protocol a lot of stuff going on right now uh specifically on the tech side we don't have like too many updates of like really major events that have um i guess there's a few things jado that have happened this week um on the kind of like the bd front on integrations with um, some legacy businesses regarding uh backups for telecom companies but we can chat about that a little bit but um outside of that uh we're looking to kind of get the radiant application shipped and launched pretty soon um, just needs like last minute testing, a little bit of beta testing, and that's really pretty much good to go at that point. Um, but for this chat, this is I think we should have a little bit more fun with this one and just kind of go into having an open conversation about the tech of the cosmos, the the tech of the infrastructure that's going on right now. So um, before we get started, uh, Jaden, do you want to share anything particularly from the BD front for the last week since the last town hall? Um, pretty much the same as last week. I mean, there's definitely been progress on the uh, integration web two front. We've onboarded that company that we were talking about last week. Um, a lot of emphasis this week regarding learning and uh, adjusting Stratus to be able to service the greater web two market. Um, literally just hoping to learn as much as possible. We've got uh, a couple of hot coals in the fire that we're looking to nurture and hopefully get across the finish line. Um, but really, from my perspective this week, it's a, it's a big focus on that um, cash flow positive goal that we have for this year. Just trying to learn as much as we can and, uh, and move the needle in that direction. Um, from the Web3 side, we have conversations every single day with, uh, with teams. Um, to be able to integrate them and to be able to service the web three ecosystem. But, uh, but other than that, there's not too many updates from what we talked about last week. Yeah, it'd be cool. B, if you could talk right now, I don't know what you're up to right now, but uh, if you want to come up and chat about uh, the outpost stuff, I think that'd be great. And kind of uh, how that just got some funding for uh, like the interchain contract stuff going on. But um, outside of that, um, yeah, Marcy, do you want to talk about the uh, kind of like the differences in integration for like that Web2 company and like how they're like kind of different things and, and what we learned from that experience? I think that would be really good to share just overall. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, what we've been doing kind of in the past, yeah, I don't know, couple of weeks, I guess, is uh, really like, driving home some of those web two integrations, um, which for us is, is all going through our Stratus web gateway, which uh, I don't know how much we've gone over this in, in the town halls before. I know we've talked about Stratus a little bit, but exactly what it does. I don't know if we've, yeah, you could probably start from scratch, honestly. 
Yeah. So essentially Stratus is, I mean, it is a centralized entry point into the Jackal protocol. Um, basically what that means is obviously we're in Web3. Uh, everybody has wallets. And to access the Jackal protocol, you got to use your signatures. You got to have tokens, all that good stuff. Web2 customers don't really get it. And they're not going to get it for a while, unfortunately. That's just the nature of legacy systems. Nobody wants to move to these new systems in Web3 until they're kind of more tried and tested. So for now, what you have to do to kind of push forward in these legacy markets is create some sort of centralized entry point into the decentralized protocol, where essentially we've set up a system called Stratus, which is a really straightforward kind of middleware between the protocol and something like Stripe Payment Gateway. Essentially, what that means is you can go, you can go to Stratus Cloud.xyz, I believe it is, and then you can create an account. You can log in with an email and a password rather than you know your traditional crypto wallet. You pick your plan, you pay with your credit card in a, a striped payment gateway. And then from there, you can go and you can upload files to the Jackal protocol. To download those files, you gotta use yeah. What's up? Yeah, I was just saying, like, and there's there's something interesting that we learned about that, right? Um, for kind of integrating with Web2 clients, like they kind of wanted more of a Coinbase-like experience where when we were interviewing them, and Jaden, I'm sure you can speak to this as well, where we were finding out that they don't really, like a lot of like the larger institutions, they don't really value the self-custody or security or privacy posture of the Jocker protocol natively with wallets. And, the, and kind of like the knowledge gap and the barrier to entry for that was a little bit too wide for them to kind of handle but what they really did like about the Jocker protocol specifically is the geo redundancy. And this is an interesting thing where like every single user that integrates with the Jocker protocol, uh, whether it's a business or whether it's an individual, they have different values, which is pretty interesting as well that we've started to notice where some people like the privacy and sovereignty and security posh and that stuff. And a lot of those people are crypto native individuals and businesses, but there's, needed to be a way for kind of legacy businesses to have the ability to like harness the value of having geo redundancy where you have awesome, just like three X redundancy that's all over the world. That's cryptographically verifiable and auto healing if anything goes wrong. So that's kind of like why we wanted to build like this Coinbase for storage <laughs> type product and have a little bit of a centralization for those businesses to have a better onboarding experience. But um, yeah, Marcel, I'll let you kind of continue about the upload and download process of integrating with that. Yeah, so kind of along those lines, essentially they, you know, through this geo-distributed system, um, instead of traditional Jackal where you go and you download it from any one of the providers, essentially Stratus is doing that for you. It's grabbing... Um, it's picking a provider for you to download your file from, and then it's just sending it straight to you, which makes it easier for these legacy clients to integrate. Um, it's really simple. It's just basically an API that you're used to if you've ever used like AWS or Google Drive, all those kind of things. If you're a developer, you've kind of hooked into those systems where you just kind of post a file to a URL. That's very, very similar to what we're doing with Stratus. Um, and so from there, 
basically it's a it's a auto renewing payment gateway for Jaggle, which is really, you know, kind of it feels like a step backwards as far as like Web three is concerned because I know probably everyone here is really really into crypto and is really comfortable using a wallet. You know, decentralization is really important. Self custody is really really important to us. But uh, a lot of the time in the Web two world, I mean, this is something that we kind of looked at uh, as we were doing our kind of customer research there was people in the web two space want somebody to blame when things go wrong and uh, having kind of like that central point of contact, which is, you know, Jackal labs in this case running Stratus. If for whatever reason, the, the web two business does something wrong, you know, they don't want to be responsible for it. So like if they were self custodial of their own data, you know, they don't necessarily want that custody because that also means that there's no fallback in case anything happens. There's nobody they can talk to in case of issues. And that is kind of one of the, I guess, main reasons we, we worked on getting Stratus. It was, it it feels like a step back, but in reality for, for the protocol, I mean, it, it just opens up so many doors for web two clients to come on board yeah it, it's like a step back for like the privacy and security posture and sovereignty like obviously the best way to get that is be self-custodial like use your ledger get that infinite usb drive and bop around the world just kind of having your own personal cloud <laughs> but uh for them it just kind of seems like the the beautiful thing about like kind of blockchains in general and just looking at the ecosystems as a whole is there's kind of like a different level of decentralization and values for each individual. And that's kind of like the whole point. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those where like you, you'd kind of get to page 10 and then they'll say, okay, if you want to go this way, you go to page 40, but if you want to go to this way, you go to page 15, you know what I mean? And just have the ability to kind of choose your own adventure, pick the like the level of security posture and sovereignty that you want for you and then move forward that way. And I think that that's something that's really important. And the beauty of it is since we're like an open source public good, it's not just us that can do this. Anyone can do this as well and abide by laws in your own geographical regions, all that good stuff. It's pretty fascinating. It's just overall in general, but um, Marston, so we, uh, we, by the way, everyone, if you want to come up and chat, this is like a completely open session. We've already kind of shared all the updates that we had to share, but um do you want to talk about how moving like the difference between like having a kind of rolling backup solution that we, that we, that we didn't build and then having like a snapshot solution and kind of like building that over the weekend. I think that's a pretty good story to share just overall. Did we lose you? We might've lost you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I'm just an idiot. Um, I was just muted, but, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we really quickly realized in, uh, this web two space is like when doing backups, um, a lot of clients either rely on kind of like pre-built systems where it's a black box and they don't touch anything. It just runs or they have nothing at all. And uh, having no backups at all is, is unfortunately far more common than, uh, I'm sure most companies would like to admit, but, uh, with Stratus, we, we ended up building this tool, and uh, it, it's it's a very effective tool. It's really, it's so simple. Um, it's essentially just a backup tool where you plug in your API key that you generate from uh, 
your Stratus dashboard. So then you give it like full access and all that good stuff. And then you basically just plug that in. You download the tool. You say, I want to upload this entire folder. And from the command line, it'll just loop through. It'll go through every file on your system and upload that file straight to Stratus, which means it's going straight to Jackal, um, which is really, really exciting. Because um, essentially what that means is just you have a really, really simple uh, kind of web two-ish backup solution. And we're going to be releasing it later in like an open source kind of, we strip out Stratus from it um, and kind of focus more on just the Jackal protocol directly. So instead of, you know, you needing to put an API key in, you just fund the little guy with some Jackal tokens and it'll just run through and upload all your files. So if you ever want to backup, totally uh, something you can do. Is, is that something that, that kind of like, we're starting to get into interchain accounts territory like that though, correct? No, this would just run straight on your machine. We have, we have tons of stuff going on with, with interchain accounts. Um, and I'll get to account abstraction as well. Right. Cause that's the other yeah. thing where you kind of have like these decentralized APIs, which is pretty, I will, I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Cause that's a, that's a really good point as well. Um, but back to these backups, you know, we're going to be releasing them soon with, with just Jackal integration. Um, if you want the Stratus stuff as a as an enterprise customer, just you know give us a call. And uh, but what we quickly realized is that's like so much data going up over and over and over again. And if you're not changing your system, you know you don't need to upload that data over and over and over again. So essentially, we have this really cool system um, where basically the idea is it keeps track of what files have changed, when they've changed, all that good stuff. But the magic really is, is that all of this information about which files belong where, how many, you know, how many files you have uploaded, which files were edited on what day, all of that information is again another file living on the Jackal protocol. So anywhere that you are in the world at any time through a completely decentralized interface, you can just go and you know, if I'm on this machine and I have this whole folder and I want to back it all up, I can totally do that. It'll keep track of everything. And then I can go to a completely different machine. I can download all of those files straight from that, like that file that outlines all my files. This program will just run through that particular file, look at everything that you have, download it to your machine. And then if you ever want to back up that folder, as long as you didn't change any of those, it won't upload anything new. So you can move an entire drive basically up to Jackal, down to another computer, and then you can resync it at any point because those files will all be the same. And then uh, it'll upload everything that did change back up to Jackal. And then on the other computer, let's say that you just you know moved everything from, you can sync it again and it'll download everything change that you made. So you can have two drives across two separate computers that look exactly the same. And every time you resync them, they'll always keep the same contents across them, which is really, really cool. It uses Jackal as like a <laughs> kind of like a bridge between two machines. <laughs> it's crazy. Like it's it's just kind of one of those things that are just like so cool. And it's obviously like a lot of people might not find this as interesting, but we think it's awesome. Um, just kind of like rebuilding like just low-level infrastructure of the internet again with just like a better tech stack it's just like pretty fascinating in general um and the all that to say really now pretty much any business that has like on-prem servers 
for example, um, can now use Jackal as a backup solution to protect themselves from pretty much anything, ransomware, internal threat, um, all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating in general. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the backup stuff. Uh, we have another like bunch of stuff. I know B is, I don't know if B was here or not. Um, I don't think he's coming, dude. All right. I don't think well, he's coming. Um, using the Cosmwasm bindings and everything, we've got a few ideas. One of them ended up being a better decentralized backup solution, um, funny enough. But uh, there's tons of stuff you can do with it that we just haven't really fully explored yet. But with the new bindings that uh, should be coming along pretty soon, we're working with uh, the ICF right now, particularly Sirdar from the ICF to do interchain accounts and everything through Cosmosm, which is really exciting. But what we can do is we can create this really cool account abstraction system where essentially you have just a smart contract running on the Jacko protocol, running on Juno, running on whatever protocol has Cosmosm enabled and can communicate over IBC to Jackal. And essentially what you've got is basically this smart contract being an account in itself, which is really, really interesting um, because it doesn't have a private key, unlike normal, you know, Cosmos accounts. So what we can do is uh, we can create this kind of like allow list of other accounts. And, uh, you know, you can get really granular with, with some like fee grant stuff so that the contract itself is paying for gas of any account that's whitelisted in its whitelist. And what that means is you can have a wallet with no tokens in it whatsoever. And as long as it has permission to control that smart contract wallet, it will essentially just for free, as, as far as that wallet's concerned, be able to sign transactions and interact with the Jackal protocol without having any funds. And then, you know, if you ever want to transfer that because, you, oh man, my seed phrase is compromised. I don't want this to have access to my files anymore. I can run a transaction with that wallet and switch which wallet is allowed to communicate with that smart contract. So then I've essentially moved my wallet to a new wallet without having to do any work. Um, all my files stay within their same account, so to say. All my tokens stay within the same account. However, what we've got is now you can swap entire wallets and still have access to the same Jackal account, which is really, really exciting. Um, and it opens up a lot of possibilities for like social recovery. Uh, you know, you give access to like three of your close friends. And then if all three of them come to agreement, they can, you know, set up a new account or something like that. And so that gives us a lot of control over bringing Web2 like user interaction to the protocol in, in a Web3 standard where you can sign in from any computer in the entire world. And as long as your account is authorized, you're good to go. Um, you can also play with some ZK and, proofs and stuff and make it so that there is no account. You just basically have to know a password and you can prove you know it. But, uh, you know, that's getting a little more, more out there. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. And that's kind of referring just specifically to um, account abstraction, kind of like where you have smart contracts that now have storage accounts and 
you can like throw files at them and they can pretty much just like upload files like an api essentially correct? yeah and that's uh that's something else that's really really cool is because you can have these um abstracted accounts have different sort of levels of permission where you could have one key that you've set up to only be able to read storage from your account so you know instead of needing to share an entire folder you can just be like hey here's read access to my entire jackal account you can't post files you can't delete files but you can see everything that's in there um because technically you know you have those encryption keys ready to go and blah 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 if you want you can give someone write access but only to a particular folder you can give someone write access to the entire system and what that does is you know going back to this backup solution you can have a backup solution where as long as you know this machine on your computer or like this program on your computer that's running that could be an upload only route it can never read files back it can only post files and once those files are up there it can never look at them ever again and then you have your account which is read only or you know read and edit and so you can have these systems where you know you're giving permission to an automated machine to do something and then if that account ever gets compromised because it's not like a ledger or anything, then uh, you can just switch it to a new program running on your computer with a new wallet and everything, and you're, you're good to That's go. It's yeah. way more secure than, you know, what kind of traditionally exists in Web3. Yeah, and, and there's just, there's a little bit more to that as well, because like the account abstraction is one thing, right? But let me, l let me tell you a story about why IBC wins, right? Not only can we really do this account abstraction just locally on the Jocko protocol directly, right? We have this unique ability to do cross-chain stuff as well. So you don't have to force developers to kind of build within like the Jocko walled garden either, where we can start to do kind of cross-chain integrations using outposts, where any contract on any chain can access the Jocko protocol scalable storage with a simple smart contract call. Obviously, we're going to start with IBC. And then after that, we're going to move to EVMs or possibly even like bespoke integrations. Um, kind of gets more difficult as you. After we first and foremost, we have the IBC stuff that we had to integrate, right? So we have about like what ninety five chains that we have to get through before we can we uh, before we run out of stuff to do. But at the end of the day, it's pretty fascinating about the horizontal scalability and not forcing developers into a specific tech stack or being forced to build directly on the Jocko protocol, you can really just build anywhere and we can use this wonderful bridging and message passing technology to deliver just scalable storage to any application or user or developer on any chain um, that we just deploy an outpost on. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really excited for the way that IBC is going to go. Like, as IBC matures and as these different like ICS protocols start becoming more standardized and more efficient i mean like we'll very quickly be able to interact with any cosmos chain uh you know eventually ethereum eventually you know uh polka dot all those pretty much every chain um that exists right now will eventually be connected through ibc and with some abstraction systems in place i mean you won't even know you're using ethereum over juno over osmosis you'll just be using ibc and that'll be it which is really really exciting yeah and, and that's the best part right it's uh 
IBC is just the best. Like it's, it's never lost a single dollar. It's it's like is the best bridging technology out there. I wouldn't wa- wonder why anyone wouldn't want to adopt it. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a Ferrero Rocher, Marston, right? It's uh, really hard on the outside, but on the inside, you have all this wonderful technology that you can manipulate and do message passing and transfer tokens and do all this kind of stuff, right? So it's uh, it's the Ferrero Rocher of bridging technology. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's, <laughs> it, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Like, I I won't I I can't sugarcoat that. It's uh, it is the best inter-blockchain communication protocol that has ever existed. Um, and like that's basically it. There's uh, there's nothing that can top it, really. Yeah, it's just because it's because we're the best, right? Is this, that's why we built in the Cosmos ecosystem. <laughs> of course, no bias there, though. Um, kind of moving on to the next thing, Marcel, I'm actually just curious in general, dude. Um, so what are like the things that particularly like excite you that's like coming over the horizon from just like a tech perspective, just whether it's in the Cosmos, outside the Cosmos? Do you like data availability? Do you like um, kind of just interchain accounts and uh, kind of, interchange contracts or kind of having um, like social recovery, like what's the most exciting, like just tech advancements in general, it could even be outside of like the scope of Cosmos. We could even start talking about homomorphic encryption and things like that. But I would just love to hear like, what are you excited about right now? Yeah. I mean, you kind of touched on it. Like I, I'm really big on account abstraction and I know there's been a few things happening lately in, in both the Cosmos ecosystem. Cause I know leap has been, working on it but uh like social logins so like you know signing in with your google account signing in with your apple account all that good stuff and just being able to like have cosmos wallets just like running off of a google account is just crazy to me and you know me personally i'll always choose something like my ledger over a system like that but i think it's phenomenal for people who aren't normally in web3 i think that's kind of like I think that's where cryptocurrencies and Web3 kind of start winning is when the user doesn't know that it's Web3. And I mean, we've said that I don't know how many times internally is just we got to figure out ways to make this feel like they're not using crypto. Like that's that's how every protocol that's ever existed in Cosmos and Ethereum, all of the best UXs are the ones people go, oh, I barely knew this was crypto because you don't want it to feel like crypto you want it to feel like an application that you're using and uh account abstraction is huge for that i know larry um previously at, at delphi um he just open sourced the a uh, fully audited version of his account abstraction systems where you basically just drop it into an existing cosmos chain and it allows you to just do a ton of stuff when it comes to like the actual signatures on chain so you know his system his demo was swapping out kepler for metamask so you don't need to sign like i know we have leap um metamask and everything and you know don't get me wrong i i love the metamask snaps but basically his account abstraction module was a way to kind of skip the the signature element of it and uh just kind of take in whatever the module is expecting. In this case, it was a MetaMask signature. So he was able to interact with the Cosmos chain that he spun up 
um, using MetaMask directly without Ethermint, um, without MetaMask snaps, just straight up communicating with with the Cosmos, which is really, really cool. Um, I think, you know, we're going to see it a lot more coming out with like kind of more centralized Cosmos chains that can still connect to kind of this like Web3 space where like, um, you know, video games and stuff coming out, they don't necessarily want a decentralized protocol. They just want a Cosmos chain because they want to connect to IBC and everything, but they don't necessarily want it to all be public all the time and all that stuff. So, I mean, we've looked into it for just kind of more research purposes. Yeah, other projects. Yeah, yeah, where like, you know, you can run the full Tendermint chain um, and you don't have to sign anything in a wallet. You can simply log in with the username and password and then the username and password are stored in the database in the same way that anything else would be stored. Um, the only thing is, obviously, if you're making that public, that username and password is is also public. So that's where those kind of gated systems um, become really, really important um, for like those traditional Web2 companies. And if you're building something Web2 where you don't have that uh, you know ownership of your data and you just want something like a username and password, I mean, there's really no there's no difficulty getting there. You can have full account abstraction with the username and password, which is really cool. Um, I think that's probably like where I'm most yeah. excited for, for the space to go. Yeah. Account abstraction is really cool. And I think it's important where like you look at like social logins and stuff like that. Right. And um, it makes me like, I always think about like the, the person who I think about when you're thinking about UX is my grandmother. Right. Let me tell you about my grandmother. So my grandmother, she can't drive. Right. So she got her, her, she got her license yanked, but on the flip side is she slings like just DMS on Facebook all day long. Right. And she crushes Wordle as well. So those two things, like if she has the technology to be able to log into her Facebook account and her Wordle account and have the ability to like, remember the password and get in that way, that's something that she's familiar with. I think like the account abstraction stuff gets us like that one, it's more centralized, of course, and it like introduces a bunch of choke points of failure um, for those users. But I think having those users have the ability to like onboard is better than not having it, it, like you need a little bit, you need a little bit of, of the, the gateway drug into the Cosmos ecosystem and the crypto in general, right? A lot of us started on centralized exchange probably. Um, you kind of by default need to start with a centralized exchange. So all of us onboarded kind of like the similar way, right? Where you start with like this centralized place where, where you have access to this ecosystem. And then um, depending on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go, you start to step out into uh, the self-sovereign internet of blockchains, right? And it's, it's kind of beautiful in its own right. And uh, I'm excited for what's in store for this year and kind of moving into next year as well. Outside of that, um, we're going to keep talking about uh, grandma stories and uh, Ferrero Rocher IBC technology, uh, unless someone someone has to come up and ask a question pretty soon here, or else we're going to have to probably shut this down. But if anyone has any questions, feel free to come up. This is like a fully an open conversation. We've kind of gone through all of the updates with the Jocko protocol in general. Um, number one, kind of radiant, having the ability to publish files on the protocol. And then number two is like interchain accounts and having the ability to kind of deploy outposts on other generic l1 smart contract blockchains so that's pretty much everything for me marison do you have uh do you have anything that you want to share about kind of what do you think about like the move blockchains 
I've always been curious, like the, uh, for example, um, guys that are just like, do you see it as like just another competing standard or uh, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if people kind of know that comic where it's like, you know, there's 15 standards and they want to make a better standard. And then now there's just 16 competing standards. I think I forget what the numbers are, but that's a lot how move feels. I mean, like we had solidity and it, it has first mover advantage and, you know, I have my problems with solidity, but I understand, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's used by Ethereum, all that good stuff. Um, and we kind of, you know, Cosmosm was born out of, hey, solidity sucks. It has all these issues. We don't want to have to learn solidity to write a smart contract language. Um, we just want to use an existing language. And, you know, we want to call it there. Like, that's really. That's really where Cosmosm shines is, is a, as a replacement to the EVM because it doesn't have the same security vulnerabilities and all that good stuff. And then Move is kind of the same thing where like it's it's a new language. It's a lot like Rust. You know, it's a, it's built off of Rust. So you're you're still unfortunately, you know, needing to learn a new language, even if you know Rust. And it'll be very easy if you know Rust, because it's almost identical. But uh, you know, there's still a learning curve to it, which, you know, move takes a more blockchain-centric ap approach where you're dealing with pieces of the chain as, you know, first class citizens in the chain where you're not dealing with just like arbitrary data. It abstracts a lot. So you know, developers don't have to think about implementing new NFT standards. They can just deal with NFTs as objects in the language. And to some extent, I mean, that's, it's cool. Um, but I personally really think it's unnecessary. And I think Cosmosm, like, in my opinion, stays ahead of the curve, especially because Cosmosm is language agnostic as long as you can compile your program to WebAssembly. Cosmosm will run it. Like I've seen really bare bones projects run in, um, I think, was it Zig? Um, somebody got a Cosmosm program up and running. I know we've been, you know, kind of behind the scenes working on Golang smart contracts, just writing entire Cosmosm contracts in Go, which is really exciting. Um, but that's that's kind of where where I stand is like, Move is really a cool language system, but you know it's it's not interoperable with other platforms. It's uh, it's new. It's a new standard, and you can really only program a Move virtual machine in Move, where like Cosmosm is so broad. It's so um, just like agnostic to what you're putting in, which I think is is better. Um, but again, like. I know there's a ton of people who love move because it abstracts a bunch of stuff away and, you know, it definitely has its merits, but I just think, uh, Cosmosm will, will see some abstraction in the future and kind of take some of that market share away from languages like move going forward. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting, but like those move blockchains did kind of birth like some pretty cool consensus en engines as well, right? Like when you look at Narwhal and Tusk, for example, versus Tenderman. For sure. Um, like I, I, I can see some some value in like a, like well, also that's kind of like the beauty of the Cosmos. 
like the way that Cosmos blockchains are set up in the first place, right? Like in theory, we could rip out Tendermint consensus and then jam in Narwhal and toss. It would be like a pain in the ass and brutal, but it's possible, right? Yeah, and I um, that's like, the thing is like this whole IBC ecosystem that we keep talking about. IBC doesn't mean Tendermint by any means, right? Like we've we've put so much focus on Cosmos being intertwined with Tendermint and being intertwined with IBC, but they're all so different. Like you can't have IBC without a uh, you know a, a good consensus engine, but Tendermint's not the only good consensus consensus engine. And I mean, the SDK currently is really you know focused on Tendermint, um, but I mean, there's been teams for, as proof of concepts to rip out Tendermint from the SDK already, and they've been able to spin up really really basic. Cosmos blockchains using Narwhal and Tusk. And it's it's a really exciting place. And that's that's something else that I'm kind of excited for is this expansion into IBC as as a ecosystem more than like as a piece of cosmos. Like in theory, you know, you could spin up a computer, just one machine in your basement that's connected to IBC and it doesn't do anything. It's it's not a blockchain. It's just IBC, like you could have a SQL database connected to IBC as long as you build it right. And that's what's really, really exciting to me. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And uh, just kind of seeing the, the way that I see kind of other blockchains versus like the Cosmos ecosystem and the Cosmos thesis, it's kind of like going to like a car dealership, right? And when you get to the car dealership, you have like you have the Mercedes and then you have like the sprinter van and then you have like the 18 wheeler and you have all these kind of different things and that's kind of how i think about like the monolithic blockchains the uh the, when you think about kind of like going in and building like a cosmos blockchain it's kind of like just going to just a warehouse and there's just like a bunch of deconstructed vehicles on the ground <laughs> right and then you can kind of pick and choose you're like okay i want this but i don't want this and i want all these different things but uh the cool thing about that is Obviously, going to the car dealership is is pretty wonderful. Where you don't really have to kind of the dev the experience of purchasing the car is wonderful, and everyone talks about like Cosmos developer experience and how difficult and onboarding and kind of like player versus player we tend to be um, in general. Just the way that the incentives are aligned at the kind of base layer. But the other cool thing about Cosmos is it kind of has like. Uh, I kind of want to call it like an IQ filter <laughs> where like to build in the Cosmos ecosystem, it takes like a certain type of, of teams and certain types of builders that are like re ready to kind of be self-sufficient, right? And self-sovereign and be able to move the needle themselves um, independently without any influence of, of like other teams, right? And everyone kind of osmosis has their own standard of the Cosmos SDK. We're on our own thing of the Cosmos SDK, I believe. I think we've like kind of done some modifications and like everyone is kind of different in their own way. As long as you can communicate through IBC, that's all that really matters, right? Yeah, I mean, like the amount of different Cosmos SDK versions is crazy. And like, you know, upgrading a chain from 45 to 46, 47, even 50, you know, they're big jumps. It's a very different code base, but IBC still works. Like you can send IBC tokens from uh, an old Cosmos version to a new Cosmos version and back again. And it'll always work because that's just how IBC was designed. And it's, I don't know, there, there's just something really almost magic about how well IBC works compared to like other bridges. Um, 
and just the fact that it's not just a token bridge is also really exciting um because that lets us do things like you know the juno network having a jackal account or um archway apps having jackal accounts for themselves like that stuff is you know you're not just transferring tokens at that point which is uh i don't know that that's got to be probably one of the most exciting parts of ibc is the general message passing which is not something that traditional bridges tend to have yeah it, it is pretty cool and it's, it's just kind of one of the things right it's uh it's you have like this conglomerate of just un it's like everyone's like not really everyone's kind of like their own team right and there's no like underlying consensus of of a uh, incentive really for like all the teams to kind of like drive the same direction and it's kind of like it's a feature and a bug right uh, like the features is we have like these crazy brilliant teams that are building these awesome stuff all the time the bug is that uh when you launch your cosmos chain um it's kind of like spawning directly into like imagine um i don't know if you ever played runescape marston i don't know if you're in the runescape mafia back in the day but it's kind of like when like you don't get tutorial island you just like spawn directly into the wilderness <laughs> and then you have all these different players that you really don't know who's who in the zoo like who's in charge of what who's on what team and then everyone's like yelling at you all of a sudden it's kind of like uh it's one of those like fascinating te things where uh it's uh it's not for the faint of heart but i think it's like a it's an interesting filter for kind of just like spreading really really powerful and and really talented teams in general in the ecosystem from guys like us to osmosis to celestia to archway like all these guys are just kind of just have nothing but the utmost respect for all the teams that are building it yeah and i mean that's the other thing everything's open source so if if there is a team that's doing something wrong or unsafe i mean it's pretty quick that the ibc ecosystem jumps to say hey you know this is X, Y, and Z, you should fix this. Um, I mean, we've had it happen to us, you know, on our initial launch and um, it's, it's a crazy, crazy experience and so hectic. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, our protocol is better today because it got eyes on it. And those eyes are also experienced developers, which is really exciting for, for the space to just function as well as it does. And uh, I don't know, I think everybody that's kind of building these Cosmos chains is here for for the right reasons. They're like, we're all here to build good tech that, you know, focuses on decentralization and self-ownership and all that stuff. And so when these teams come together and like look at each other's code and everything, it becomes a really unique ecosystem that I can't say a lot of other fields and software <laughs> tend to share that. Patrick, I don't know if you're talking, but uh, oh my goodness, I was just—I was just talking to myself. Right? Right. It's just me, it's just, just me in my house all alone. Um, anyways, like I was just saying, like it, it wouldn't be a good Cosmos blockchain launch unless it's a little bit of a spicy baptism. Is probably a good way to put it. Um, you you need to uh, you you need like it, at the end of the day, it's like all this tech is like it's really difficult to build, put it together, and then launch right and. Uh, you need you need a little bit of a baptism into the ecosystem so everyone knows that you can throw haymakers with the boys. I guess is a good way to put it. Anyways, if anyone has any uh, 
any questions wants to come up and chat uh stage is open if you have any technical questions you want to ask uh obtain knowledge from marston through photosynthesis or osmosis maybe maybe gain a few iq points i know i have um feel free to uh to request if not uh I don't know how much longer we can do this. We do have a, have a call in 10 minutes. So um, I guess now is your time or forever hold your peace, I guess is, uh, is where we are right now at this stage of the Twitter space. We're going once. <laughs> going twice. Should I start auction? We should go auctioneer mode. I think that that's it. All right, fellas. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Just communicate into the ether that is the X platform. And uh, stay tuned. Next week, we have our town hall every week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock Eastern time. So um, that was about 50 minutes ago. Anyways, um, stay tuned for everything, Jackal. If you want to have any questions or anything like that, come to the Telegrams, come to the Discords. And uh, outside of that, that's everything for me. Marston, do you have anything to say? No, I think that's everything. All right. All right. Um, another week. Another week in the books for the Jackal Protocol. A lot of stuff going on right now, uh, specifically on the tech side. We don't have like too many updates of like really major events that have. Um, I guess there's a few things, Jado, that have happened this week um, on the kind of like the BD front on integrations with um, some legacy businesses regarding uh, backups for telecom companies. But we can chat about that a little bit. But um, outside of that, uh, we're looking to kind of get the Radiant application shipped and launched pretty soon. Um, just needs some, like last minute testing, a little bit of beta testing, and that's really pretty much good to go at that point. Um, but for this chat, this is, I think we should have a little bit more fun with this one and just kind of go into having an open conversation about the tech of the cosmos, the, the tech of the infrastructure that's going on right now. So, um, before we get started, uh, Jaden, do you want to share anything particularly from the BD front for the last week since the last town hall? Um, pretty much the same as last week. I mean, there's definitely been progress on the... Uh, integration web two front. We've onboarded that company that we were talking about last week. Um, a lot of emphasis this week regarding learning and uh, adjusting Stratus to be able to service the greater web two market. Um, literally just hoping to learn as much as possible. We've got uh, a couple of hot coals in the fire that we're looking to nurture and hopefully get across the finish line. Um, but really, from my perspective this week, it's a, it's a big focus on that um, cash flow positive goal that we have for this year. Just trying to learn as much as we can and, uh, and move the needle in that direction. Um, from the Web3 side, we have conversations every single day with, uh, with teams um, to be able to integrate them and to be able to service the Web3 ecosystem. But... Uh, but other than that, there's not too many updates from what we talked about last week. Yeah, it'd be cool. B, if you could talk right now, I don't know what you're up to right now, but uh, if you want to come up and chat about uh, the Outpost stuff, I think that'd be great. And, and kind of uh, how that just got some funding for uh, like the interchain contract stuff going on. But um, 
outside of that, um, yeah, Marcy, do you want to talk about the uh, kind of like the differences in integration for like that Web2 company and like how they're like kind of different things and, and what we learned from that experience? I think that would be really good to share just overall. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, what we've been doing kind of in the past, I don't know, couple weeks, I guess, is uh, really like driving home some of those web two integrations, um, which for us is, is all going through our Stratus web gateway, which uh, I don't know how much we've gone over this in, in the town halls before. I know we've talked about Stratus a little bit, but exactly what it does, I don't know if we've... Yeah, you could probably start from scratch, honestly. Yeah, so essentially Stratus is, I mean, it is a centralized entry point into the Jackal protocol. Um, basically what that means is obviously we're in web three, uh, everybody has wallets and to access the Jackal protocol, you got to use your signatures, you got to have tokens, all that good stuff. Web two customers don't really get it and they're not going to get it for a while. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of legacy systems. Nobody wants to move to these new systems in web three until they're kind of more tried and tested. So for now, what you have to do to kind of push forward in these legacy markets is create some sort of centralized entry point into the decentralized protocol, where essentially we've set up a system called Stratus, which is a really straightforward kind of middleware between the protocol and something like Stripe Payment Gateway. Essentially, what that means is you can go, you can go to Stratus Cloud.xyz, I believe it is, and then you can create an account. You can log in with an email and a password rather than you know your traditional crypto wallet. You pick your plan. You pay with your credit card in a, a Stripe payment gateway, and then from there you can go and you can upload files to the Jackal protocol. To download those files, you got to use yeah. What's up? Yeah, I was just saying like, and there's there's something interesting that we learned about that, right? Um, for kind of integrating with Web2 clients, like they kind of wanted more of a Coinbase-like experience where when we were interviewing them, and Jaden, I'm sure you can speak to this as well, where we were finding out that they don't really, like a lot of like the larger institu institutions, they don't really value the self-custody or security or privacy posture of the Jocker protocol natively with wallets. And, the, and kind of like the knowledge gap and the barrier to entry for that was a little bit too wide for them to kind of handle. But what they really did like about the Jocker protocol specifically is the geo redundancy. And this is an interesting thing where like every single user that integrates with the Jocker protocol, uh, whether it's a business or whether it's an individual, they have different values, which is pretty interesting as well that we've started to notice where some people like the privacy and sovereignty and security posh and that stuff. And a lot of those people are crypto native individuals and businesses, but there's, needed to be a way for kind of legacy businesses to have the ability to like harness the value of having geo redundancy where you have awesome, just like three X redundancy that's all over the world. That's cryptographically verifiable and auto healing if anything goes wrong. So that's kind of like why we wanted to build like this Coinbase for storage <laughs> type product and have a little bit of a centralization for those businesses to have a better onboarding experience. But um, yeah, Marcel, I'll let you kind of continue about the upload and download process of integrating with that. Yeah, so kind of along those lines, essentially they 
you know, through this geo-distributed system, um, instead of traditional Jackal where you go and you download it from any one of the providers, essentially Stratus is doing that for you. It's grabbing, um, it's picking a provider for you to download your file from, and then it's just sending it straight to you, which makes it easier for these legacy clients to integrate. Um, it's really simple. It's just basically an API that you're used to if you've ever used like AWS or Google Drive, all those kind of things. If you're a developer, you've kind of hooked into those systems where you just kind of post a file to a URL. That's very, very similar to what we're doing with Stratus. Um, and so from there, basically, it's a it's an auto-renewing payment gateway for Jaggle, which is really, you know, kind of, it feels like a step backwards as far as like Web3 is concerned, because I know probably everyone here is really, really into crypto and is really comfortable using a wallet. You know, decentralization is really important. Self-custody is really, really important to us. But uh, a lot of the time in the Web2 world, I mean, this is something that we kind of looked at uh, as we were doing our kind of customer research there was people in the Web2 space want somebody to blame when things go wrong. And uh, having kind of like that central point of contact, which is, you know, Jackal Labs, in this case, running Stratus, if for whatever reason, the, they, the Web2 business does something wrong, you know, they don't want to be responsible for it. So like if they were self-custodial of their own data, you know, they don't necessarily want that custody because that also means that there's no fallback in case anything happens. There's nobody they can talk to in case of issues. And that is kind of one of the, I guess, main reasons we we worked on getting Stratus. It was it, it feels like yeah. a step back, but in reality for, for the protocol, I mean, it, it just opens up so many doors for Web2 clients to come on board. Yeah, it, it's like a step back for like the privacy and security posture and sovereignty. Like obviously the best way to get that is be self-custodial, like use your ledger, get that infinite USB drive and bop around the world, just kind of having your own personal cloud. <laughs> but uh, for them, it just kind of seems like the, the beautiful thing about like kind of blockchains in general and just looking at the ecosystems as a whole is there's kind of like a different level of decentralization and values for each individual. And that's kind of like the whole point. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those where like you'd, you'd kind of get to page 10 and then they'll say, okay, if you want to go this way, you go to page 40, but if you want to go to this way, you go to page 15, you know what I mean? And just have the ability to kind of choose your own adventure, pick the like the level of security posture and sovereignty that you want for you and then move forward that way. And I think that that's something that's really important. And the beauty of it is since we're like an open source public good, it's not just us that can do this. Anyone can do this as well and abide by laws and your own geographical regions, all that good stuff. It's pretty fascinating. It's just overall in general, but um, Marston. So we, uh, we, by the way, everyone, if you want to come up and chat, this is like a completely open session. We've already kind of shared all the updates that we had to share, but um you want to talk about how moving like the difference between like having a kind of rolling backup solution that we that we that we didn't build and then having like a snapshot solution and kind of like building that over the weekend i think that's a pretty good story to share just overall did we lose you we might have lost you can you guys hear me yeah i'm just an idiot um i was just muted but uh 
Okay. Yeah, we really quickly realized in uh, this Web2 space is like when doing backups, um, a lot of clients either rely on kind of like pre-built systems where it's a black box and they don't touch anything. It just runs or they have nothing at all. And having no backups at all is, is unfortunately far more common than uh, I'm sure most companies would like to admit. But uh, with Stratus, we, we ended up building this tool. And uh, it, it's, it's a very effective tool. It's really, it's so simple. Um, it's essentially just a backup tool where you plug in your API key that you generate from uh, your Stratus dashboard. So then you give it like full access and all that good stuff. And then you basically just plug that in. You download the tool. You say, I want to upload this entire folder. And from the command line, it'll just loop through. It'll go through every file on your system and upload that file straight to Stratus, which means it's going straight to Jackal, um, which is really, really exciting. Because um, essentially what that means is just you have a really, really simple uh, kind of web two-ish backup solution. And we're going to be releasing it later in like an open source kind of, we strip out Stratus from it um, and kind of focus more on just the Jackal protocol directly. So instead of, you know, you needing to put an API key in, you just fund the little guy with some Jackal tokens and it'll just run through and upload all your files. So if you ever want to backup, totally uh, something you can do. Is, is that something that, that kind of like we're starting to get into interchain accounts territory like that though, correct? No, this would just run straight on your machine. We have, we have tons of stuff going on with, with interchain accounts. Um, and I'll get to account abstraction as well. Right. Cause that's the other yeah. thing where you kind of have like these decentralized APIs, which is pretty, I will, I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Cause that's a, that's a really good point as well. Um, but back to these backups, you know, we're going to be releasing them soon with, with just Jackal integration. Um, if you want the Stratus stuff as a as an enterprise customer, just you know, give us a call. And uh, but what we quickly realized is that's like so much data going up over and over and over again. And if you're not changing your system, you know, you don't need to upload that data over and over and over again. So essentially, we have this really cool system um, where basically the idea is it keeps track of what files have changed, when they've changed, all that good stuff. But the magic really is, is that all of this information about which files belong where, how many, you know, how many files you have uploaded, which files were edited on what day, all of that information is again another file living on the Jackal protocol. So anywhere that you are in the world at any time through a completely decentralized interface, you can just go and, you know, if I'm on this machine and I have this whole folder and I want to back it all up, I can totally do that. It'll keep track of everything. And then I can go to a completely different machine. I can download all of those files straight from that, full, like that file that outlines all my files. This program will just run through that particular file, look at everything that you have, download it to your machine. And then if you ever want to back up that folder, as long as you didn't change any of those, it won't upload anything new. So you can move an entire drive basically up to Jackal, down to another computer, and then you can resync it at any point because those files will all be the same. And then uh, it'll upload everything that did change back up to Jackal. And then on the other computer, let's say that you just you know moved everything from, you can 
sync it again, and it'll download everything change that you made. So you can have two drives across two separate computers that look exactly the same, and every time you resync them, they'll always keep the same contents across them, which is really really cool. It uses Jackal as like a kind of like a bridge between two machines. <laughs> it's crazy. Like it's it's just kind of one of those things that are just like so cool, and it's. Obviously, like a lot of people might not find this as interesting, but we think it's awesome. Um, just kind of like rebuilding like just low level infrastructure of the internet again with just like a better tech stack. It's just like pretty fascinating in general. Um, and the, all that to say, really, now pretty much any business that has like on prem servers, for example, um, can now use Jackal as a backup solution to protect themselves from pretty much anything ransomware, internal threat. Um, all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating in general. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the backup stuff. Uh, we have another like bunch of stuff. I know B is, I don't know if B was here or not. Um, I don't think he's coming. Dude. All right. I don't think well, he's um, using the Cosmwasm bindings and everything. We've got a few ideas. One of them ended up being a better decentralized backup solution. Um, funny enough, but, uh, there's tons of stuff you can do with it that we just haven't really fully explored yet, but with the new bindings that, uh, should be coming along pretty soon. We're working with, uh, the ICF right now, particularly Sirdar from the ICF to do interchain accounts and everything through Cosmosm, which is really exciting. But what we can do is we can create this really cool account abstraction system where essentially you have just a smart contract running on the Jacko protocol, running on Juno, running on whatever protocol has Cosmosm enabled and can communicate over IBC to Jackal. And essentially what you've got is basically this smart contract being an account in itself, which is really, really interesting um, because it doesn't have a private key, unlike normal you know, Cosmos accounts. So what we can do is uh, we can create this kind of like allow list of other accounts. And, uh, you know, you can get really granular with, with some like fee grant stuff so that the contract itself is paying for gas of any account that's whitelisted in its whitelist. And what that means is you can have a wallet with no tokens in it whatsoever. And as long as it has permission to control that smart contract wallet, it will essentially just for free, as, as far as that wallet's concerned, be able to sign transactions and interact with the Jackal protocol without having any funds. And then, you know, if you ever want to transfer that because, you, oh man, my seed phrase is compromised. I don't want this to have access to my files anymore. I can run a transaction with that wallet and switch which wallet is allowed to communicate with that smart contract. So then I've essentially moved my wallet to a new wallet without having to do any work. Um, all my files stay within their same account, so to say. All my tokens stay within the same account. However, what we've got is now you can swap entire wallets and still have access to the same Jackal account, which is really, really exciting. Um, and it opens up a lot of possibilities for like, social recovery, um, you know, you give access to like three of your close friends. And then if all three of them come to agreement, they can, you know, 
set up a new account or something like that. And so that gives us a lot of control over bringing Web2 like user interaction to the protocol in, in a Web3 standard where you can sign in from any computer in the entire world. And as long as your account is authorized, you're good to go. Um, you can also play with some ZK and, proofs and stuff and make it so that there is no account. You just basically have to know a password and you can prove you know it. But, uh, you know, that's getting a little more more out there. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. And that's kind of referring just specifically to um, account abstraction, kind of like where you have smart contracts that now have storage accounts and you can like throw files at them and they can pretty much just like upload files like an API essentially. Correct? Yeah, and that's uh, that's something else that's really, really cool is because you can have these um, abstracted accounts have different sort of levels of permission where you could have one key that you've set up to only be able to read storage from your account. So, you know, instead of needing to share an entire folder, you can just be like, hey, here's read access to my entire Jackal account. You can't post files, you can't delete files, but you can see everything that's in there um, because technically, you know, you have those encryption keys ready to go and blah, blah, blah. If you want, you can give someone write access, but only to a particular folder. You can give someone write access to the entire system. And what that does is, you know, going back to this backup solution, you can have a backup solution where as long as, you know, this machine on your computer or like this program on your computer that's running, that could be an upload only route. It can never read files back. It can only post files. And once those files are up there, it, it can never look at them ever again. And then you have your account, which is read only or, you know, read and edit. And so you can have these systems where, you know, you're giving permission to an automated machine to do something. And then if that account ever gets compromised because it's not like a ledger or anything, then uh, you can just switch it to a new program running on your computer with a new wallet and everything. And you're, you're good to That's go. Really, and it's yeah. way more secure than you know, what kind of traditionally exists in Web3. Yeah, and, and there's just, there's a little bit more to that as well, because like the account abstraction is one thing, right? But let me, let, let me tell you a story about why IBC wins, right? Not only can we really do this account abstraction just locally on the Jocko protocol directly, right? We have this unique ability to do cross-chain stuff as well. So you don't have to force developers to kind of build within like the Jocko walled garden either where we can start to do kind of cross-chain integrations using outposts, where any contract on any chain can access the Jocko protocol scalable storage with a simple smart contract call. Obviously, we're going to start with IBC. And then after that, we're going to move to EVMs or possibly even like bespoke integrations. Um, kind of gets more difficult as you... After we... First and foremost, we have the IBC stuff that we had to integrate, right? So we have about like what ninety-five chains that we have to get through before we can we uh, before we run out of stuff to do. But at the end of the day, it's pretty fascinating about the horizontal scalability and not forcing developers into a specific tech stack or being forced to build directly on the Jocko protocol. You can really just build anywhere, and we can use this wonderful bridging and message passing technology to deliver just scalable storage to any application or user or developer on any chain um, that we just deploy an outpost on. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really excited for the way that IBC is going to go. Like, as IBC matures and as these different, like, ICS 
protocols start becoming more standardized and more efficient, I mean, like, we'll very quickly be able to interact with any Cosmos chain, uh, you know, eventually Ethereum, eventually, you know, uh, Polkadot, all those, pretty much every chain um, that exists right now will eventually be connected through IBC and with some abstraction systems in place. I mean, you won't even know you're using Ethereum over Juno, over Osmosis. You'll just be using IBC and that'll be it, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. And, and that's the best part, right? It's uh, IBC is just the best. Like, it's, it's never lost a single dollar. It's, it's like it's the best bridging technology out there. I wouldn't wa- wonder why anyone wouldn't want to adopt it. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a Ferrero Rocher, Marston, right? It's uh, really hard on the outside, but on the inside, you have all this wonderful technology that you can manipulate and do message passing and transfer tokens and do all this kind of stuff, right? So it's uh, it's the Ferrero Rocher of bridging technology. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, like Come on. it's Come it's, on. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Like I I won't I I can't sugarcoat that. It's uh. It is the best inter-blockchain communication protocol that has ever existed. Um, and like that's basically it. There's, uh, there's nothing that can top it, really. Yeah, it's just because it's because we're the best, right? It's, it's, that's why we built in the Cosmos ecosystem. <laughs> of course, no bias there, though. Um, kind of moving on to the next thing, Marissa, I'm actually just curious in general, dude. Um, so what are like the things that particularly like excite you that's like coming over the horizon from just like a tech perspective, just whether it's in the cosmos, outside the cosmos, do you like data availability? Do you like, um, kind of just interchain accounts and, uh, kind of interchain contracts or kind of having, um, like social recovery? Like what's the most exciting, like just tech advancements in general, it could even be outside of like the scope of Cosmos, we could even start talking about homomorphic encryption and things like that. But I would just love to hear like, what are you excited about right now? Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it. Like I, I'm i really big on account abstraction and I know there's been a few things happening lately in, in both the Cosmos ecosystem, because I know Leap has been working on it, but uh, like social logins. So like, you know, signing in with your Google account, signing in with your Apple account, all that good stuff. And just being able to like have Cosmos wallets just like running off of a Google account is just crazy to me. And, you know, me personally, I'll always choose something like my ledger over a system like that. But I think it's phenomenal for people who aren't normally in Web3. I think that's kind of like, I think that's where cryptocurrencies and Web3 kind of start winning is when the user doesn't know that it's Web3. And I mean, We've said that I don't know how many times internally is just we got to figure out ways to make this feel like they're not using crypto. Like that's that's how every protocol that's ever existed in Cosmos and Ethereum, all of the best UXs are the ones people go, oh, I barely knew this was crypto because you don't want it to feel like crypto. You want it to feel like an application that you're using. And uh, account abstraction is huge for that. I know Larry... um, Previously at Delphi, um, he just open sourced the uh, fully audited version of his account abstraction systems where you basically just drop it into an existing Cosmos chain and 
it allows you to just do a ton of stuff when it comes to like the actual signatures on chain. So, you know, his system, his demo was swapping out Kepler for MetaMask. So you don't need to sign, like, I know we have Leap, um, MetaMask and everything. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love the MetaMask snaps, but basically his account abstraction module was a way to kind of skip the, the signature element of it. And, uh, just kind of take in whatever the module is expecting. In this case, it was a MetaMask signature. So he was able to interact with the Cosmos chain that he spun up um, using MetaMask directly without Ethermint, um, without MetaMask snaps, just straight up communicating with with the Cosmos, which is really, really cool. Um, I think, you know, we're going to see it a lot more coming out with like kind of more centralized Cosmos chains that can still connect to kind of this like web three space where like, um, you know, video games and stuff coming out, they don't necessarily want a decentralized protocol. They just want a Cosmos chain because they want to connect to IBC and everything, but they don't necessarily want it to all be public all the time and all that stuff. So, I mean, we've looked into it for just kind of more research purposes yeah, on their projects. Yeah, yeah. Where like, you know, you can run the full tendermint chain um, and you don't have to sign anything in a wallet. You can simply log in with the username and password. And then the username and password are stored in the database in the same way that anything else would be stored. Um, the only thing is obviously if you're making that public, that username and password is, is also public. So that's where those kind of gated systems um, become really, really important um, for like those traditional web two companies. And if you're building something web two where you don't have that, uh, you know, ownership of your data and you just want something like a username and password, I mean, there's really no, there, there's no difficulty getting there. You can have full account abstraction with the username and password, which is really cool. Um, I think that's probably like where I'm most yeah. excited for, for the space to go. Yeah, account abstraction is really cool. And I think it's important where like you look at like social logins and stuff like that, right? And um, it makes me like, I always think about like the the person who I think about when you're thinking about UX is my grandmother, right? Let me tell you about my grandmother. So my grandmother, she can't drive, right? So she got her, her, she got her license yanked. But on the flip side is she slings like just DMs on Facebook all day long, right? And she crushes Wordle as well. So those two things, like if she has the technology to be able to log into her Facebook account and her Wordle account and have the ability to like remember the password and get in that way, that's something that she's familiar with. I think like the account abstraction stuff gets us like that one, it's more centralized, of course, and it like introduces a bunch of choke points of failure um, for those users. But I think having those users have the ability to like onboard is better than not having it, it, like you need a little bit, you need a little bit of, of the the gateway drug into the cosmos ecosystem and the crypto in general, right? A lot of us started on centralized exchange, probably. Um, you kind of by default need to start with a centralized exchange. So all of us onboarded kind of like the similar way, right? Where you start with like this centralized place where where you have access to this ecosystem, and then um, depending on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go, you start to step out into uh, the self sovereign internet of blockchains right and it's kind of beautiful in its own right and uh i'm excited for what's in store for this year and kind of moving into next year as well outside of that um 
we're going to keep talking about uh, grandma stories and uh, Ferrero Rocher IBC technology, uh, unless someone someone has to come up and ask a question pretty soon here, or else we're going to have to probably shut this down. But if anyone has any questions, feel free to come up. This is like a fully an open conversation. We've kind of gone through all of the updates with the Jocko protocol in general. Um, number one, kind of radiant, having the ability to publish files on the protocol. And then number two is like interchain accounts and having the ability to kind of deploy outposts on other generic L1 smart contract blockchains. So that's pretty much everything for me. Marcin, do you have uh, do you have anything that you want to share about kind of, what do you think about like the move blockchains? I've always been curious, like the, uh, for example, um, guys that are just like, do you see it as like just another competing standard or uh, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if people kind of know that comic where it's like, you know, there's 15 standards and they want to make a better standard. And then now there's just 16 competing standards, I think. I forget what the numbers are, but that's a lot how move feels. I mean, like we had solidity and it, it has first mover advantage. and you know, I have my problems with Solidity, but I understand, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's used by Ethereum, all that good stuff. Um, and we kind of, you know, Cosmosm was born out of, hey, Solidity sucks. It has all these issues. We don't want to have to learn Solidity to write a smart contract language. Um, we just want to use an existing language. And, you know, we want to call it there. Like, that's really. That's really where Cosmosm shines is, is a, as a replacement to the EVM because it doesn't have the same security vulnerabilities and all that good stuff. And then Move is kind of the same thing where like it's it's a new language. It's a lot like Rust. You know, it's a it's built off of Rust. So you're you're still unfortunately, you know, needing to learn a new language, even if you know Rust. And it'll be very easy if you know Rust because it's almost identical. But, uh, you know, there's still a learning curve to it, which, you know, Move takes a more blockchain-centric ap approach where you're dealing with pieces of the chain as, you know, first-class citizens in the chain where you're not dealing with just, like, arbitrary data. It abstracts a lot. so you know, developers don't have to think about implementing new NFT standards. They can just deal with NFTs as objects in the language. And to some extent, I mean, that's, it's cool. Um, but I personally really think it's unnecessary. And I think Cosmosm, like, in my opinion, stays ahead of the curve, especially because Cosmosm is language agnostic as long as you can compile your program to WebAssembly. Cosmosm will run it. Like I've seen really bare bones projects run in, um, I think, was it Zig? Um, somebody got a Cosmosm program up and running. I know we've been, you know, kind of behind the scenes working on Golang smart contracts, just writing entire Cosmosm contracts in Go, which is really exciting. Um, but that's that's kind of where where I stand is like, Move is really a cool language system, but you know it's it's not interoperable with other platforms. It's uh, it's new. It's a new standard, and you can really only program a Move virtual machine in Move, where like Cosmosm is so broad. It's so um, 
just like agnostic to what you're putting in, which I think is, is better. Um, but again, like I know there's a ton of people who love move because it abstracts a bunch of stuff away and, you know, it definitely has its merits, but I just think, uh, Cosmosm will, will see some abstraction in the future and kind of take some of that market share away from languages like move going forward. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting, but like those move blockchains did kind of birth like some pretty cool consensus en engines as well, right? Like when you look at Narwhal and Tusk, for example, versus Tenderman. For sure. Um, like I, I, I can see some some value in like a, like, well, also that's kind of like the beauty of the Cosmos, like the way that Cosmos blockchains are set up in the first place, right? Like in theory, we could rip out Tenderman consensus and then jam in Narwhal and Tusk. It would be like a pain in the ass and brutal, but it's possible, right? Yeah, and I, um, that's like, the thing is like this whole IBC ecosystem that we keep talking about, IBC doesn't mean Tenderman by any means, right? Like we've, we've put so much focus on Cosmos being intertwined with Tenderman and being intertwined with IBC, but they're all so different. Like you can't have IBC without a uh, you know a, a good consensus engine, but Tendermint's not the only good consensus consensus engine. And I mean, the SDK currently is really you know focused on Tendermint, um, but I mean there's been teams for, as proof of concepts to rip out Tendermint from the SDK already, and they've been able to spin up really really basic. Cosmos blockchains using Narwhal and Tusk. And it's it's a really exciting place. And that's that's something else that I'm kind of excited for is this expansion into IBC as as a ecosystem more than like as a piece of cosmos. Like in theory, you know, you could spin up a computer, just one machine in your basement that's connected to IBC. And it doesn't do anything. It's a, it's not a blockchain. It's just IBC, like you could have a SQL database connected to IBC as long as you build it right. And that's what's really, really exciting to me. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And uh, just kind of seeing the, the way that I see kind of other blockchains versus like the Cosmos ecosystem and the Cosmos thesis, it's kind of like going to like a car dealership, right? And when you get to the car dealership, you have like you have the Mercedes and then you have like the Sprinter van, and then you have like the 18 wheeler, and you have all these kind of different things. And that's kind of how I think about like the monolithic blockchains. The, uh, the <laughs> when you think about kind of like going in and building like a Cosmos blockchain, it's kind of like just going to just a warehouse, and there's just like a bunch of deconstructed vehicles on the ground, <laughs> right? And then you can kind of pick and choose. You're like, okay, I want this, but I don't want this, and I want all these different things. But uh, the cool thing about that is obviously going to the car dealership it's it's pretty wonderful where you don't really have to kind of the dev the experience of purchasing the car is wonderful and everyone talks about like cosmos developer experience and how difficult and onboarding and kind of like player versus player we tend to be um in general just the way that the incentives are aligned at the kind of base layer but the other cool thing about cosmos is it kind of has like uh I kind of want to call it like an IQ filter <laughs> where like to build in the Cosmos ecosystem, it takes like a certain type of, of teams and certain types of builders that are like re ready to kind of be self-sufficient, right? And self-sovereign and be able to move the needle themselves um, independently without any influence of, of like other teams, right? And everyone kind of osmosis has their own standard of the Cosmos SDK. We're on 
our own thing of the Cosmos SDK, I believe. I think we've like kind of done some modifications and like everyone is kind of different in their own way. As long as you can communicate through IBC, that's all that really matters, right? Yeah, I mean, like the amount of different Cosmos SDK versions is crazy. And like, you know, upgrading a chain from 45 to 46, 47, even 50, you know, they're big jumps. It's a very different code base, but IBC still works. Like you can send IBC tokens from uh, an old Cosmos version to a new Cosmos version and back again. And it'll always work because that's just how IBC was designed. And it's, I don't know, there, there's just something really almost magic about how well IBC works compared to like other bridges. Um, and just the fact that it's not just a token bridge is also really exciting. Um, Cause that lets us do things like, you know, the Juno network having a Jackal account or um, Archway apps having Jackal accounts for themselves. Like that stuff is, you know, you're not just transferring tokens at that point, which is, uh, I don't know, that, that's that got to be probably one of the most exciting parts of IBC is the general message passing, which is not something that traditional bridges tend to have. Yeah, it, it is pretty cool. And it's, it's just kind of one of the things, right? It's, uh... It's you have like this conglomerate of just un it's like everyone's like not really everyone's kind of like their own team right and there's no like underlying consensus of of a uh, incentive really for like all the teams to kind of like drive the same direction and it's kind of like it's a feature and a bug right uh, like the features is we have like these crazy brilliant teams that are building these awesome stuff all the time the bug is that uh when you launch your cosmos chain um it's kind of like spawning directly into like imagine um i don't know if you ever played runescape marston i don't know if you're in the runescape mafia back in the day but it's kind of like when like you don't get tutorial island you just like spawn directly into the wilderness <laughs> and then you have all these different players that you really don't know who's who in the zoo like who's in charge of what who's on what team and then everyone's like yelling at you all of a sudden it's kind of like uh it's one of those like fascinating things where uh it's uh it's not for the faint of heart but i think it's like a it's an interesting filter for kind of just like spreading really really powerful and and really talented teams in general in the ecosystem from guys like us to osmosis to celestia to archway like all these guys are just kind of just have nothing but the utmost respect for all the teams that are building it yeah and i mean that's the other thing everything's open source so if if there is a team that's doing something wrong or unsafe i mean it's pretty quick that the IBC ecosystem jumps to say, hey, you know, this is X, Y, and Z, you should fix this. Um, I mean, we've had it happen to us, you know, on our initial launch. And um, it's it's a crazy, crazy experience and so hectic. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, our protocol is better today because it got eyes on it. And those eyes are also experienced developers, which is really exciting for the space to just function as well as it does and uh i don't know i think everybody that's kind of building these cosmos chains is here for for the right reasons they're like we're all here to build good tech that you know focuses on decentralization and self ownership and all that stuff and so when 
these teams come together and like look at each other's code and everything, it becomes a really unique ecosystem that I can't say a lot of other fields in software <laughs> tend to share that. Patrick, I don't know if you're talking, but uh, oh my goodness, I was just I was just talking to myself. Right? It's just me, it's just, just me in my house all alone. Um, anyways, like I was just saying, like it, it wouldn't be a good Cosmos blockchain launch unless it's a little bit of a spicy baptism. Is probably a good way to put it. Um, you you need to uh, you you need like it, at the end of the day, it's like all this tech is like it's really difficult to build, put it together, and then launch right. And uh, you need you need a little bit of a baptism into the ecosystem so everyone knows that you can throw haymakers with the boys. I guess is a good way to put it. Anyways, if anyone has any. Um, any questions wants to come up and chat uh stage is open if you have any technical questions you want to ask uh obtain knowledge from marston through photosynthesis or osmosis maybe maybe gain a few iq points i know i have um feel free to uh to request if not uh i don't know how much longer we can do this we do have a, have a call in 10 minutes so um, I guess now is your time or forever hold your peace, I guess, is, uh, is where we are right now at this stage of the Twitter space. We're going once. <laughs> going twice. Should I start auction? We should go auctioneer mode. I think that that's it. All right, fellas. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Just communicate into the ether that is the X platform and uh, stay tuned next week. We have our town hall every week, Wednesdays at two o'clock Eastern time. So um, that was about 50 minutes ago. Anyways, um, stay tuned for everything Jackal. If you want to have any questions or anything like that, come to the telegrams, come to the discords. And uh, outside of that, that's everything for me. Marston, do you have anything to say? No, I think that's everything. All right, fellas and ladies, uh, thanks for taking the time. Have a great rest of the day. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship. Bracelets, dead ants, dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Click the cap, though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got 
Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Terror spaces. <laughs>